The Rice and Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by L.L. Paworski Jewelers, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. By nature, pet food, slow cooked with super fusion. Get 20% off your first order at Chewy and Amazon with promo code 20RTRS. And Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. What a fucking disgrace. We will be podcasting today. Well, no, no, we're not doing it yet. You just, you got to wait for me to start. Just let me do this part and then we'll be in. That won't be it. Hang on. Hang on. That was AU. Mike couldn't do the pod tonight because someone somewhere absolved him of this. God bless him because he would have choked himself with the ascot. So it's me, my good friend AU of rights, Ricky Sanchez. I don't know. We're going to talk about this game. God save us all. We are doing the podcast live on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch for anyone who just wants to think about that game longer and just fucking drive the screwdriver into your eye uh, by thinking about it and thinking about it. If you have any questions, we'll get to them later. And if you donate on YouTube for us talking about this fucking game, it will go to charity at the end of the playoffs decoded by kids in the Providence Animal Center. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with not Mike Levin, but a reasonable facsimile that is one Andrew Unterberger. How's it going, Boy, Spike? Yeah, no, you, didn't, I, you didn't think you were signing up for this, did you? No, I didn't. I was I was looking forward to to paying you know proper tribute to Mike by doing you know 20 minutes on on Paul Reed and maybe some Anthony <laughs> Tolliver. Uh, that's that's what it was looking like for a little while there. Uh, yeah. It didn't turn out that way, uh, as luck would have it. Now, so I, I do wonder. I wonder if you're going to be a little bit disappointed in me uh, and my reaction to this game, because I, I, I feel like you might be expecting me to bring the glue, either the gloom and doom or the like. I don't know whatever the opposite of that is. I don't, that's probably not applicable in this situation anyway. But uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty level about this game, to be honest. Uh, that's probably because. As you, know, you might have seen, as I wrote about Game Four, that was the that was the worst I've ever felt after a Sixers loss. And I, I'm not saying it was the worst Sixers loss because it probably wasn't. This is this is a much bigger blemish on their record in like like a, like a resume sense and in like a character sense. This this says bad things about them as a team, whereas the other one was just a bad fluky loss. But that one made me feel a lot worse. This one, when when losses get to a certain level of badness, I can usually afford to just sort of start laughing about them. And that was this kind of loss. Like I'd seen this loss before. I'd never seen anything quite like what happened in game four before. But the uh, Sixers get up big, kind of let go of the rope. Other team starts making shots they shouldn't be making. 
lid on the rim all of a sudden uh energy just vanishes arena goes quiet i've, I've seen this game before it's not fun but i've seen it you know right. like <clears throat> so the fact that you're already broken by the previous game has sure. made it difficult for you to be broken by this game yeah, i however i however feel differently i would say hit me so I, that was a fucking disgrace that game was a fucking disgrace doc Rivers should be ashamed of himself Ben Simmons should be ashamed of himself. Honestly, Joel Embiid, who was wonderful <laughs> for the first three quarters of the game, two and a half quarters of the game, should be ashamed of himself. If, if Joel Embiid, for everything he's done this year, and again, he is not like the lead candidate here, but for everything he's done this year, if you are that guy, you don't let that happen when you get back in the game. Tobias Harris, who... I'm not even sure played tonight should be ashamed of himself. Like that was such a disgusting display of decision-making of execution of, of heart and gumption of effort. It was disgusting. The Hawks are not that, and they all have a hand in it. Let's lead off by doc rivers who like at some point, has to understand that the the combinations of players that he puts together when Embiid is not on the floor is terrible. It, we all see it. Like every one of us sees it. And he is absolved by the fact that that Shake Milton wakes up for two games out of like a three-month-long slumber that actually saves his ass a couple of times. And, and it makes it look like he knows what he's doing and it wasn't just dumb luck. And I, I do think there's a part of this that – there's nobody on the team that can create offense in an efficient way for himself and for other people besides Embiid. So it, he's handcuffed a little bit. But like all I was told before this was about accountability and about like all like all this shit that Doc Rivers was supposed to bring, everything that he was supposed to bring, if he lacks it in strategy, if he lacks it, all those things should have shown up here. Ben Simmons should be ashamed of himself like i am sick of this game that i have to play with with the fucking 75 people all of whom have bitcoin in their twitter bios that that have heart attacks every time that you suggest that the point guard of an nba basketball team should be able to be on the court during crunch time for a championship level team like any time that anyone suggests hey maybe the fucking point guard shouldn't be shooting 25% from the line and have to embarrassingly get pulled out of a game for a contender during crunch time. Anyone who suggests that isn't fucking weird has, has lost themselves, has gone so deep into defending what is obviously wrong that they can no longer see reality. Like that was a disgrace. In, they cheer for him like they were cheering for Markel Fultz when Markel Fultz was coming back from his injury when he hits two free throws. It was disgusting. To, dude, Tobias Harris has been a model citizen, has been a has been clutch, has been, you know, the guy that'll get a bucket, has been steady. You can't turn in a performance like that. Like the Hawks are not good. 
they're fine. They are a team that didn't expect to win this many games this year that is actually down a significant player that was playing Lou Williams and Trey Young at the same time. And we can't find a way to score points when the other team has Lou Williams and Trey Young at the same time. And all I heard was if we just get rid of Brett Brown, if we just get rid of Brett Brown, Ben will shoot fucking jump shots and and like and they won't choke down that like all these things that that i was supposed to see when brett brown was it wasn't here anymore like, there it is like this this was disgraceful man this was like an absolute joke this is child's play this is what happens to a team that's what happens to a young team maybe maybe this happens to a team like the hawks but this shouldn't happen to a team like the sixers not a team that people are talking about to win a championship and everyone said everyone that said this like and and mike included god bless him that like you know what the fact that they don't have one perimeter player who can confidently create offense at the end of a playoff game when it gets hard don't worry they'll find a way they'll move the ball blah 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 blah. all we've seen and i'm 44 years old i've been watching the nba for you know 38 years all we see is that in the playoffs Everyone starts playing defense, and at the end of the game, you need a player who is talented enough while dribbling and shooting and passing to have the ball at the end of the game. And we, we saw it in, with Brooklyn, and we, we see it all. We see it with, with the Clippers. All these teams that are, that, are, that, are, that are fighting, that are doing these things, have a player like that. It's just like – and they don't. And, and it's obvious, you, like you can see it in games like this. It's really hard to get the ball to a, to a post player at the end of a game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like rolling here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's really hard at the end of a game when, when you have one guy who is basically anchoring your defense and anchoring your offense and, and it's a post player. And at the end of the game, we have to find, he has to find a way to get post position and we have to find a way to get him the ball when nobody respect dude, John Collins was playing off of, of Ben Simmons by 12 feet from the minute the game started. So how are you supposed to get the ball to the guy in the post when your lead ball handler, they won't even guard. Like I think they're not going to do that to Rondo. I'm I'm sorry. Like that was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was they 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 should be ashamed of themselves. They shouldn't do post game interviews. They should all just go home and watch the game again. It was like it was disgusting. That's yeah that's uh, yeah a lot lot to lot to chew on there. Yeah, uh, sorry. I'll, I'll start, yeah, no, I'll start by saying I, I agree that n- nobody's off the hook for this. Uh, Joel's not off the hook for this. Doc certainly not. Uh, Daryl Morey, uh, get us a stretch five. Maybe we don't have to play Dwight so many minutes. Uh, you know, th- th- there's a. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. Nobody is scot-free. Every, everybody, uh, you know, everybody has a, has a finger in this one. Uh, so do you want to start, I guess, with Doc, with Ben, or with Toby specifically? Uh, you pick. I, I think Toby is like – Toby, I well, absolve let's, the let's, most. Let's, 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 let's talk about Toby for a second okay. because what I was hoping halfway through game four was that I text you and I say – let me on after the podcast for game five so I can do the Tobias Harris apology. <laughs> that was coming. That was, that was for real coming. Hopefully wow. still is. Hopefully yeah. still is. I'm not writing that off yet. Could still. Could, Could still. still. If we, we get to the conference finals, he has a good six and seven. It's coming. It's not, a, it's not if we don't, let me tell you that. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of his invisibility in games like this. It doesn't seem like 
the Hawks really plan to, to, to take him out of the game. It doesn't seem like he should have that much trouble with John Collins. It doesn't seem like, uh, like I guess he's a little bit of a momentum player. So, you know, uh, when, he, when he starts rolling early, maybe it's easier for him to keep rolling all game. Uh, it doesn't seem like he kind of shows up late a lot recently, especially when he's been out uh, the, the first three quarters, especially when he hasn't really gotten into the rhythm of the game. But it, it didn't seem like they got him in the they got him the ball in any sort of spots where he was really able to do his 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 thing. It's his sort of like mid level attack. It didn't seem like he got the ball kind of rolling to the basket very often. I, I I don't know if that's on Ben. I don't know if that's on Doc for game planning. I don't know if it's the fact. I mean, Embiid was rolling so much in the first half that maybe maybe got the rest of the team out a little bit. The fact that they just kept kind of feeding Joe over and over again, and uh, you know he he was he was so unstoppable at that point that maybe the rest of the team kind of took a back seat, and he was working the two man game with Seth Curry so well that. It seems like the rest of the team maybe started ball watching a little bit. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, the, 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 they weren't getting a ton of transition. It, 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 there wasn't a lot of easy money for what Tony a, to have in this game. A, dude, AU, like, no, uh, this is not, this is, uh, I'm not attacking you on this. What a pathetic excuse. I know. For, for an NBA basketball team to say, and I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just, I'm just saying what mm-hmm. a pathetic excuse it would be to go, you know, whew, our best player. Who, who probably deserved to win the MVP was scoring so many points. We just, we couldn't figure out what to do. So by the time the second half came around, I don't know. We didn't even know we were in the game anymore. Could you, like, it's just, can you imagine it, it, that? It, it's pretty wild to think about, but it, I think it kind of goes both ways with Joe. Like when, when he's, when he's that dominant, it, uh, you know, it kind of carries the team to, to sort of, you know, it, it sort of rises the, the entire energy level and the entire swagger and every, everyone's sort of playing their role pretty well. And then when he's just kind of checked out, which he seemed like he was for a lot of the third and he just kind of was going through the motions because he felt like he kind of cruised to the finish line. It seems like the rest of the team kind of follows his lead there, too. And when, once that happens, it's pretty tough for them to sort of snap back to attention. And and Toby, like, I, I don't know, man, like he, he's there. There's there been so many games in the regular season where it seemed like they made. the OK, things aren't going well with Joel. You know, maybe he's not as engaged as he should be. And they really make a point to start setting him up. They, they, they let him attack in isolation. They give him the ball kind of on the wing in the, in the sort of mid, mid post area. And they just let him go to work. And it, it, he gets fouls. He, he you know, starts cooking defenders. And they keep feeding him over and over again. And he's, and, and he's cooking them all over again. And it didn't seem like that was even an option tonight or in game four. And I'm not quite sure why that is. But do you know what the key, you said two words, two consecutive words when you were saying that, that, that were the key thing in well, regular season, <laughs> like regular season. It's just like, there's this, this regular season, I was happy and proud of the Sixers for being the number one seed during the regular season. They played great. They all showed up. This was, one of the iffiest regular seasons in regular season history. I don't think they played a real team that, that had their players for the last two months of the season. Nine and, before the All-Star break, no. And, and, and Tobias Harris played well in important games, but I don't even know if the important games this season were that important, and it was still the regular uh, season. I'm not going to give him that. I mean, you saw what he did in the Utah game. He won that game for them. Yeah, but, but it's, it, it's Utah in the regular season. I, I'm not saying he, he didn't improve this year. He totally improved, but this is different. It's just different. This well, is, it's different, but was was it different the first seven games of the playoffs when he was he was pretty yeah. magnificent? Like he when, was averaging when they played when they played. Washington, made, but, the, but also the first three games of this series, the two worst defensive teams in all of the playoffs. No, maybe maybe, maybe the Blazers. Player, maybe the Blazers. Well, the Washington's definitely the worst. And like, look, any any team that is starting, uh, 
you know, like, like the Hawks are not a good defensive team. They're small. They, they're, they're tiny. You know <laughs> so they're I mean? a good defensive team with uh, Lou Williams and Trey Young in the backcourt. I'll give you no, that. And, and the other thing is that the Sixers don't have, don't have any player that can punish them for, for playing that way. Okay, Toby. So, so, okay. So we will get to your questions in, in one second. And then we will talk about, we're going to talk about Toby, Ben, and Doc. And I think we deserve to talk about Embiid a little bit oh, as absolutely. well. Uh, leave, get us your questions on YouTube and uh, Twitch and Twitter. And if you make a donation on YouTube, a bunch of people have. Thank you. We're doing this for you right now. Your donations go to the Province Animal Center and uh, Coded by Kids. But it is time. Now, Mike isn't here, um, but it's time for the Soft Shit Award, the By Nature pet food soft shit award au after i talk about by nature pet food you will give away the soft shit award mike not here you will give away the soft shit award by the way anyone who's asking about mike mike is fine mike had a last minute work thing that he found out about yesterday au the the third longest uh, tenured member of the ricky steps in we're good and mike is fine he the the ascot i think we're safe <laughs> by nature pet food but, uh, you know, we talk about Big Barker because your pet spends, you know, 18 hours a day sleeping on the bed. We talk about by nature because it, what your pet puts into his body is super important that how healthy the food is. You are what you eat, right, AU? You are what you eat. Absolutely. You want your dog or your cat to be eating healthy stuff so your dog or cat is healthy. That's where by nature pet food comes in. They make it healthier. Two, two things, the way they cook it and what's in it. What's in it? Super fusion, premium pro proteins. You look, you always see that mm -hmm. the, the protein is first. Super ingredients, super probiotics like apple cider vinegar, spinach, blueberries, ginger, coconut oil. That's in the pet food. Then how they cook it, they slow cook it. Why is that important? Well, your pet is tiny, your dog or your cat, which means they, they metabolize food quicker, which means if it's not more nutrient rich, they're not gonna get the nutrients. So they make it more nutrient rich. This has been proven. Study at Kansas State proved it. Look, By Nature Pet Food, family-owned, family-operated, 40, 40 years, the company that owns By Nature has been around, never had one recall. Go to Amazon.com or Chewy.com. Use promo code 20RTRS. That is 20RTRS. You'll get your 20% off your first purchase of By Nature Pet Food. It's healthy. You care about your dog. You care about your cat. AU, the soft shit award goes to. Oh, well, first, uh, who, who do you say eats healthier, you or Rebel? Because you're like a pretty healthy eater yourself, right? Yeah, Rebel does because I, I will go out to dinner and Rebel never goes out to dinner. Like it's yeah, I mean, always by nature and carrots. Do you even have any kind of like culinary vices though? Like, like what, what, what's like your yeah? What, what's yeah. like your chief food? Dude? Uh, well, there's really good vegan pizza. Like I love uh -huh. pizza and I love French fries. Love French fries. So fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right, uh, soft shade award. We're not going to get a lot of chance. I don't think to slander other teams in this podcast. We're going to be pretty busy slandering our own. I would say. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's give at least a little time to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, who also blew a pretty wow. tremendous lead of their own at, what at that a, time. What a bold move uh, this is! Yeah, I know. Right? Give Giannis the soft shit award. I'm, <laughs> I might avoid it. it, but but uh, you know, obviously, Embiid had his own struggles uh, in the closing minutes of both this game and Game Four. Uh, mm -hmm. He got shots up. He did get shots up, and he yeah. didn't try and fail to post up James Harden. Okay, fair that's enough. pretty so, tough. So, soft shit award goes to Giannis fumbling that last, uh, you know, that last pass from Middleton when they probably could have tied the game on that, like an easy dunk. Uh, pretty soft. Not not saying it's <laughs> remarkably softer than the Sixers, but again, we're going to cover the Sixers' softness pretty extensively. So, soft shit award, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak, Milwaukee Bucks. All right. 
So we move off of Toby onto, I'm going to go with Ben. I think we got to okay. do the Ben thing. So, I mean, like, I, I've pretty much like backed off the Ben mm-hmm. thing generally. Everybody knows how I feel. I don't, you know, I've, I've told Mike, I, I don't want to ruin people's vibe when this team's like marching to a, maybe a, a finals appearance. And I, I, I said pretty clearly, I think a couple of pods ago, I think he's a, a good player that is, has put himself or they've put him yeah. in just the worst position possible. I think he's put himself. But, but, but when there are, when there are no, no vibes for you to ruin, watch out basically is what you're getting at. Well, that's, that's where I, I'm, I'm curious how you feel because you, mm-hmm. you are, you're not the, um, you know, defend all. Uh, but I think you're a fan and want to be a fan. Mm-hmm. Where do you, you see a game like this where the, finally the free throw thing before it was like, ha, 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 boy, that's weird and kind of shitty. And this game, it, like, it became embarrassing. It came sad to me. And yeah. and he just, he disappeared. Like, he can't do anything. You You watch what he does is he grabs the ball. He goes as fast as he can into the front court. If he can't beat the defense back and get a dunk, he gives it to somebody else and he stands by the hoop, right? So yeah. how do you feel? Well, I think I'm taking sort of the same approach that Doc Rivers is taking for better or worse, which is he's not changing this postseason. This is who he is. Try to win with him because he's better than the other options we have. Uh, doesn't mean he's not the second best player on a championship team, maybe. Uh, doesn't mean that he's not a good fit with Joel Embiid. I don't think that's the case, but certainly with Joel Embiid and the rest of this roster, it's, uh, it's always going to be a problem. It's always going to be weird. Uh, and, the free throw thing, I mean, this is new. Like, I was looking it up. Uh, he played 10 games in the 2019 playoffs. I'm sorry, 2018 playoffs, his first, his first postseason. Mm-hmm. 10 games, averaged six free throw attempts a game. Pretty good number. Shot 71%. So it's not that he can't do it. It's not that he can't do it in the postseason, but it is that he can't do it in this postseason. And I'm, I'm curious what, like, you've, you've long been a kind of a proponent, if I'm not mistaken, of Ben free throw shooting. It's never as good as it looks when it's good. And it's never as bad as it looks when it's bad because mm-hmm. you, you say, okay, that those two weeks every year where you shoot 75% from the line, and he's aggressive, blah, blah, blah. You say that doesn't really, you know, wait, that's going to come back down. You're usually right. Uh, does that mean that this is going to come back up or does it mean that something new and different is going on? Cause this is not who he's been even in the postseason before. Well, like, I, I think eventually it comes back up. But I think pretty clearly you can see by the way he's missing that he is shaken. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, and, but, but here's the problem. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with Giannis. Giannis is obviously shaken too. You know, Giannis's first few seasons, Giannis shot 70% from the line. Giannis was a, a fine free throw shooter. And I, I don't know what happened to him. And we saw this happen with Iguodala, by the way. I- Iguodala woke up one day, one year, and all of a sudden couldn't shoot free throws anymore. And he could shoot free throws before that. So free throws, look at Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson misses a couple of free throws and he can never shoot free throws again. Yeah. When you're alone on the line, every bad habit you have, every question you have about yourself is right there in your face. Here is my criticism of Simmons as far as free throw shooting, even though he obviously has shot better than 25%, is that never, and I, 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 I don't agree with Mike when he says they look good. He's saying they look good when they go in. He never changed anything about how he shot. He always defaults back to the, 
the poor form that he shoots it with. And it's a different thing. If there are plenty of shooters in NBA history who don't shoot the way, like look at Reggie Miller. Like look at how Reggie Miller shot threes. He shot from his chest. He, his arms were crossed. There are plenty of great shooters in NBA history who don't have the form that you would you would give somebody if you were telling them to shoot. But if you don't have great form, if you don't shoot well, and your form is jacked, you gotta work on getting better. He's never gotten any better at any of those things. He has never come back with any marked improvement in how those things look. I don't care about how it looks before the game or whatever. All that shit's different when there's somebody flying at you, when you've been running up and down the court. And it's just like, is he a 25% free throw shooter? No. But like this is worse. There's something wrong. Like he, there, there's been a break mentally, and um, and but pressure will do that. And and having the pressure of a championship will do that. And knowing that these these free throws that you're shooting what might be the difference between your team going to the finals and not going to the finals. Like if you're not that good at it, you'll probably get worse at it during those things. And I think that's what's happening. Yeah, and it's it does seem to me like he's affected by misses in, in pretty much all facets of his scoring game. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, I, I mean, you remember the first time they hacked him in the fourth quarter, he hit both of them. I thought the game was over at that point. I thought, okay, yeah. they had their best shot, and now, now it's going to kind of get normal again. Uh, and then they hacked him again. The first one went in and out, and I was like, "Oh, we're fucked!" Like, a, there's no way we're making this. He's, there's no way he's going to make the second one. B, he's probably not going to make any after that because he he he, get, he seems to get discouraged pretty easily mm-hmm. by the close misses. I don't blame him. I, I mean, I do blame him, but you know, I understand it. Uh, I will say that whatever the answer was to that problem of him getting hacked and not being able to hit free throws, putting Shake Milton in that was not the answer. I, I I don't know what on earth Doc saw from him in this game. I guess I guess now we're going to pivot to Doc here. I can't imagine what he saw from Shake in this game that made him think that he was anything but but shook. But like like there's Shake Milton, we watched him all year. He has or he doesn't, and you can tell pretty early on whether it's one or the other. Uh, and there, there he was already like he was two possessions into his first run of the game when he was passing up open threes and then getting John Collins and John Collins was in an ISO and he passed out of that too. It's like okay, fine problem. You know, it's not it's not his game. Take him out, put Maxi in, shorten the rotation. I don't know what the answer is. Clearly, the answer is not Shake Milton. He had two great games or one and a half great games, really. Uh, and well, but the what, what it was is over. The like it's over. What? But, yeah, but the, what's the answer? I would rather they just kept packing Ben. I mean, at least I knew oh, he because no. like, at least then you're slowing the game down. He can get back on defense. Uh, no, you don't. I, you don't have to put Shake Milton on fucking Trey Young in a crucial dude, possession. Dude, at one point, Ben Simmons and I, I have to watch it again. I was watching it live. It actually looked to me as if he was throwing the ball out of bounds on purpose so he wouldn't <laughs> that get fouled. That was a weird one. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't see exactly what happened there either. Wait, wait, I'm not gonna, look, I'm not going to pretend like it would have been normal. It wouldn't have been normal. It would have been weird, but it wouldn't have been Shake Milton getting roasted by Trey Young. And if we had just gotten two stops in that fucking run, I feel like we probably could have held them off. I mean, maybe not. Maybe the world was, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the ground was shaking beneath them. Uh, roof was falling, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, it, it clearly was going the wrong direction. It was just a question of whether we could stop the game from having any minutes left in it before things officially turned the other way. But uh, clearly what we did was not the right answer. And I don't know why anyone would have thought it was. Put, put well, Maxi in. I don't know. Put, put fucking Anthony Tolliver in. I don't, I don't know. Like Shake was just not the guy in this situation, in this game. It, it, it was so abundantly clear 
but from I, very, very early on in his minutes. That I, I, I can't imagine why you would think, oh, I mean, unless they just think that uh, with Shake, all logic, you kind of throw it out the window. And as soon as you think he's never going to make a shot again, he hits two threes and yeah. beats the buzzer and all that. I don't know. Well, I, th- this is the folly of, you know, I, I've said this before, but in Jan- whenever it was, January, I don't even know when they started playing, they, they tried to get a different point guard. Like they tried to trade Ben for James Harden, didn't mm-hmm. happen. Then, at the trade deadline, they tried to trade for Kyle Lowry, who plays the same position as Ben. And then at the trade deadline, they did trade for George Hill, obviously not the same level as those other two people, but knowing that they needed a point guard. Like this is the folly of taking a roster spot in the most important position on the floor in handling the ball. And arguably at the end of a game, most teams, when you say, if I want to in the bound the ball to one player on my team who I know is going to get fouled because we're at the end of the game, it's the point guard. And this is the folly of taking that spot and insisting, not, not insisting that Ben's a starter. Ben can obviously start, but insisting that he is that player there. That's that player. And then any person you have behind him is the backup. And they're not going to be as good as a starter should be at that position. But right? Isn't this exactly what we got George Hill for? I mean, you sort of lay out the case for putting but, George Hill in that in these minutes. And but, but, he but, did this is, but, but, but that's that's but that, that's that's why the Bucks did not win a championship, because their starting point guard was Eric Bledsoe, who they did not trust in crunch time. And they had to rely on George Hill, who is a nice player, but now is a two year older nice player. He's a fine backup. But. In crunch time of a basketball game, you can't say, let's throw in the point guard who's played a total of nine games for us or 12 games or however many fuck games he's played for us that we traded two first round picks for who missed half the season with a wrist injury and is 35 years old. You know, yeah. like, look, I'm not saying it's ideal, but it's better than fucking Shake Milton. I mean, like, look, it, it's he, dude, had, he had nice. He had nice minutes in this game. He had a nice post up on Trey Young in the first half. It seemed like, OK, this is the way he, we sort of take advantage of these you're, Trey you're Young missing minutes. The, this, you're missing the big issue. Well, of course, it's the big. Of course, it's the big issue. But I'm just talking. Look, you're right. It's a problem. Ben Simmons is a problem. Ben Simmons is going to continue to be a problem. But for these fucking two minutes, put George Hill in instead, like put. I don't know, man. Like, like George Hill obviously is not without blame either. He missed an absolutely gigantic corner three that probably could have stemmed the tide a little bit too. Yeah, but yeah. at least on defense, he's not going to get fucking abused by Trey Young or Lou Williams. He's probably going to be able to hold his own. Maybe they get a shot anyway because they're really good offensive players. But he's not going to look like a, a dunce out there. Like Shake Milton, this was a rough, rough fourth quarter for him, and and he shouldn't have been in it at all at that point. We're going to get to your questions and a, a lot of anger in the comments. God bless you. God bless you all. And a lot of donations, yeah. by the way. I think we've raised like 300 bucks. So the donations on YouTube are are great. Um, but I think before we get to the questions, I think it's it because you, you sort of led into this. It's like doc time. We have to talk yeah, about doc in terms of accountability. So why don't you go ahead? Why don't you give me your... <sighs> Look, I, I mean, I, I'm sort of with you I, I, in terms of... And I know you're not a big guy on like bad-mouthing coaches, rotations, and, and sort of intangible stuff too. Like, you don't really know what goes on in that locker room. And you didn't mm-hmm. know it with Brett. You didn't know... You don't know it with Doc either. You don't know how much what the coach says in the huddle matters on how much heart the guys display in the fourth quarter. I don't like getting too deep on that. And I've mostly been okay with what Doc has done this season and this postseason. I don't know. I mean, like, 
I don't really put this on him as much. I mean, he's again, he clearly didn't do anything to put them in the position to win this game. And you, you could argue on a more creative play calling. And I guess the one thing you do you do say for Doc is they had back to back timeouts with three minutes to go, which I don't know if I've ever seen before where the, the Doc calls a timeout and then immediately Nate McMillan calls a timeout to follow it. I, I don't know what happened there. Maybe the, the, the Hawks saw something out of this, the Sixers timeout and they decided to regroup with three minutes left. It was, it was absolutely bizarre. I can feel myself getting less level. I said I was level at the beginning of this podcast. I'm not so level anymore. Now we're talking about this game. But uh, they, they get out of that timeout. They, they've now had, I'd say, like five minutes total maybe to draw up a play. And Joe throws the ball to Tobias out of bounds. Or Tobias throws a Joe out of bounds. I don't even remember what happened exactly. But they had longer than you should ever have in a basketball game to draw up a play. And it lasted three seconds. And it was a tur- an unforced error for turnover. So that, I guess you can put on Doc. That's bad tactics. That's bad X's and O's. That's bad execution. Uh, beyond that, is it his fault that the team fell apart and that Joe started grousing and didn't get calls? And, you know, as he is wont to do, you know, kind of pouts when he doesn't get calls and doesn't play as hard. And uh, is it his fault that Seth Curry missed open shots and that, uh, you know, Tobias well, Harris? Well, Seth Curry, Seth Curry played great. He I did mean, play Seth great. Curry, I mean, we, we, should, we, should, we should devote a, a, at least a chunk of the game talking about how great he was because he really was that great. But he was great. He was great. He was great. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think Seth Curry's effectiveness will be limited against a more aggressive defensive team because he, That's probably he true. does like, he's like a half step slower than he needs to be to be as good as he's, he is. But against a team like this, he has that time and he's obviously as good a shooter when he has time as any player in history. So I thought he was and great. he's really hoisting pretty quickly now. Like I, I tweeted about this, but he hit, I think he eventually shot like 12 or 13 threes total in the game. He's never shot more than 10 for the Sixers. So the fact that he made seven of them is awesome. But the fact that he's taking that many is fucking enormous for this team. So yeah. I, I, I really give him a lot of credit and he was, he was playing well in the in-between game. He was getting to the rim pretty well. Was, this was, I mean, I don't think it's a you know huge stretch to say it was his best game as a Sixer except that in the fourth quarter, he was going one-on-one with Lou Williams and Lou was abusing him every time. So the, you always will have that sort of trade-off with Seth. But The, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, the original sponsor of the Ricky. What? Oh, I'm sorry for, for, for running into L.L.'s time there. No, it's like I got to yeah, – I tell this Mike all the time. That the thing with Mike is that when Mike starts talking, he starts at like minute – like st- let's say we're starting at zero. And then at minute like seven – 30 like i'm sitting thinking i gotta get a spot in (laughs) is he gonna stop so ll pavorsky jewelers is was our first sponsor we love ll uh 216 now there were two rings this week 216 rights to ricky sanchez listeners have bought engagement rings from ll i'm sure he's dying i've seen him in the comments actually if (laughs) if you're if you're watching on youtube or twitter he's he's definitely in the comments that's the kind of is that the kind of guy you want to buy an engagement ring from yes no it is that's the guy been in business for 32 years. I always forget at, uh, at 707 Walnut, a gem of a guy. He's a gem of a guy. Um, if you want to buy a ring or any jewelry firm, if you want to buy a Father's Day gift from LL Pavorsky Jewelers, you can do that. 215-627-2252. Lee at LLPavorsky.com or tweet at him at LL Pavorsky or just talk to him in the YouTube comments. Uh, and always a supporter of our charities, Coded by Kids in the Province Animal Center. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, you didn't prepare it. I didn't Jesus prepare the Look, look, man. This is why. This is why Mike's the number one guy, and I'm still the ringer. All right, right. I, got, I got a long way to go. Um, I, yeah, I I go back and most of my criticisms about Doc are frustrations about the criticisms about Brett that I thought were unfair. 
mostly NBA coaches are 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 victims, not victims. It's it's the team. It's the players. <laughs> this this is why I actually think, and I've mentioned it before, that I thought Steve Nash has done a an underappreciated job in um, in in Brooklyn because part of the the job is, or a lot of the job, and this is what Phil Jackson knew. A lot of the job is managing people and. Everybody's like, oh, they have three of the greatest players. Well, those players didn't play most of the year altogether. And managing those three guys seems keeping them, you know, from disrupting the whole thing doesn't seem like super easy to me. So I thought he did a good job. Doc mm-hmm. Rivers, we can talk about the, rota- the, the all bench lineups are terrible. We can talk about it all we want. And I would love to crush Doc Rivers because I think he's overrated, but I don't think he's bad. And part of the, when we talk about, we'll take that guy out, we have to put another guy in. And if the, uh, the the guy that you're putting in is just as bad as the guy that you're taking out or worse, you only have bad decisions. So they have one person who's hurt and God bless Furkan Korkmaz, but they're starting Furkan Korkmaz. And we all agreed, yeah, that's pretty much the right thing. So if that's the situation that you're in and you basically have to, you know, roll the dice and play everyone every night just to see who's got it you're not in a great spot. Yeah. And also like we have short memories with the bench thing. Like we, every time the bench lineup has a game like this, uh, you know, we, we would cry bloody murder and sort of forget that the bench won them the game in game two and that they, they have games like this. Like they, like they have games kind of in both directions, two or three times a series. And when the bad ones happen, we only want to talk about the bad ones. When the good ones happen, we kind of write them off as flukes. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's still about to say it's a good idea, but I just wish that, and I'll give Doc a little bit of credit for this because he did sort of do this tonight, but I do wish that Doc would just kind of be less religious with the, or less Catholic, I guess, with the, uh, with the, like keeping the bench in until it's time for the bench unit to not play together anymore. Like mm-hmm. when things were going left in this game with 10 minutes left, Joel hops off the bench. He says, all right, no, this I'm, I'm fucking coming back in this game. Like we're, we're not, we're not doing this thing any longer. And Doc was like, yeah, okay, sure. And I think that's kind of how it's gotta be. Like, you can tell when the bench is just not going to score again, when like Dwight is just not, you know, he's, he's kind of fumbling the ball and uh, you know, George Hill's ineffective and shakes haywire and Tyrese Maxey can't get around anybody like then. Okay, fine. Play those minutes that the three or four minutes that Joel absolutely needs to kind of get his win back, put him back in and try to restore order, or at least bring back, you know, Ben and Seth earlier. I don't know, but it, it, it and he did kind of do that in this game. And for a minute it did sort of, you know, stop the bleeding, but obviously that didn't last. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, when they, when they put, when they put Embiid back in and he actually hit a couple of buckets, I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. This is going to be fine. It's like, we have this, this, you know, we, we wonder why we wonder why they're good when Embiid's on the court and when they're <laughs> he's bad when he's not is because the players that are on when he's not on the court aren't nobody's that good it's a problem yeah no uh <laughs> nobody's that good so i i actually thought they were going to be able to do it tonight mm-hmm. when he came back in and he just didn't have enough juice left he just didn't have enough yeah. left you know and i don't know i don't know if it's you know he's he was pretty sweaty in the first half you know he obviously had a lot he, he had a, going on a lot better than he did in mm-hmm. uh in game four I don't know if it's the every other night. I don't know if it's just the physical toll of um, of 
being the the primary option in a tough physical spot. You know, I was watching. You watched the Nets the Nets game. I assume. Did you watch any of that? Uh, I, I watched the last four or five minutes. I was busy with the rest of it. But the, the amazing thing about the Nets game is Kevin Durant played forty eight minutes, and mm-hmm. I'm watching it, and he's doing the interview at the end, and he looks like he didn't play at all, like physically. And yeah. I just think I think there's a difference between doing what Embiid has to do and doing what somebody like Durant has to do in an NBA game, especially considering their size. And I just like, he might, I, I just don't think he had it at the I end of the he, game. I don't think he, well, he choked on the free throws, yeah. but basically I don't, I don't think he choked. I, I mean, think the game was over it. by that point. Anyway, he makes two. I still don't think they have a chance to win that game. But uh, the thing, the thing with Embiid, this is the thing I've harped upon for him with him for about as long as I can remember. I wish he would occasionally just shoot 10 threes in a game. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You're tired. Yeah. You, you don't want to bang for four quarters. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to bang for four quarters. That's exhausting, especially when you're also playing all-world defense on the other end. So there were so many times in this game, there's so many times in every game where he'll take he'll do the little pick-and-pop action with Seth Curry. Seth Curry will kind of hook a pass over to him wide open behind the, the arc and sort of the top of the arc. And he does his like, ha- kind of half-hearted, like, oh, I'm going to shoot it, but I'm obviously not really going to shoot it. And then he does this sort of pump and drive on Clint Capella. Clint Capella's already in place to stop him because he knows what's coming. And it goes nowhere. I mean, like he, he's been good enough this season. He's been great enough this season that he's still been able to kind of bail himself out on those sort of nothing plays where he, he pump fakes to nowhere and ends up taking a contested 18 footer and he still makes it a lot of the time. But that's not going to happen in the fourth quarter of playoff games because he's fucking tired and he should be fucking tired. Just take the open three. You're going to miss some of them. Dude, I can't the believe they're going to I can't believe they're going to lose the Hawks. I can't believe they're going to lose the Hawks. Uh, so, so you're there. You're there. I, well, I, I don't know that they could win. The Hawks are not good, but this is the kind of, I know it sounds, you know what I mean when I say the Hawks aren't good. The Hawks are, are, are good. The Hawks are good, not. but the, the Hawks aren't winning this series. The Sixers are losing it. Right, right. They, 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 the Hawks, the, the Sixers should, should win this series. But I, this is the kind of game, man, that like, like this, this is like the, the, uh, the game version of the Nick Anderson free throws, you know, mm-hmm. can be, can be the game that, that just like they, they get to Atlanta, they get down 10 2 and they, they pack it in. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I, I thought, so I went through different phases with this. I thought that originally when I was watching the Knicks Hawk series, I was like, you know what? I think the Hawks could, could put a, a jolt into them. They could lose a game or two, but ultimately these are two teams that the Sixers should beat and should beat without too much worry. And it looked like it was going that way. And then, but then I saw them in the closing game against the Knicks. And I was like, eh, they, they have a lot of guys that can make shots. Eh, I don't know. They'll put a scare into them. But still, I thought this isn't a series that they can lose. I don't know that they will lose it, but this is absolutely a series. I know I'm, I feel like I'm being obvious. It's absolutely a series they can lose. And it's absolutely, it's absolutely a series that can be like, if they lose this series, they should fire Doc Rivers. Oh, I don't agree with that. But uh, can, can I kind of bright side this for a minute? Sure. So the bright side to me, and this is like real 10,000 foot view shit right here, but I'm, I'm going to do it. The bright side to me is they have a chance to show that they're a team with heart that can mm-hmm. do a tough thing in the playoffs when it matters. Absolutely. That's, that's not nothing. I mean, we all thought they were going to kind of, maybe we didn't all think this, that they were going to coast through the series, but we thought, okay, they're going to get kind of, you know, a couple of jabs to the side and then they're going to put the Hawks down. It's going to be nothing. And then they're going to get the real test against the Nets. So that's oh, not happening. 
And when when uh, the Celtics when the Celtics won the championship with Allen and Garnett and, and Peters, there, yeah, yeah, like they almost lost, yeah. you know. So so the, the, in a way, this is an opportunity. And if it does go the other way, and they do uh, their season's over two nights, fucking wild to think about. If that does happen, then something something's changing in the offseason, my man. Something something very real and pronounced, probably more so than Doc Rivers. I I, I don't I think Doc's safe for one year. I mean he's not yeah, standing right. well, after one season. If they lose this year, I've I've said repeatedly that if they don't get to the finals, I think they trade Simmons. If they lose this series, they will certainly trade Simmons. And maybe it's time. I mean, like I, I love Ben. I was wearing a Ben jersey <laughs> up until this podcast. I, like like Ben is one of my guys. But the evidence is mounting. I mean, like, and you don't get a guy, you don't get the guy we need, probably, assuming we do need this guy and we lose a series. You don't get the guy we need without giving up Ben. And that's tough. I don't like that. But we have other options. We have Matisse. Uh, we, 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 having, Matisse isn't Ben, but not having Ben lets us see who Matisse actually is. Because wow. we can't, we'll never be able to play Ben and Matisse 30 minutes together, but we can play Matisse and point guard shooter score guy x yes 30 minutes and, and matisse, that, matisse will shoot a fucking corner three you know <laughs> hey, he had two it. in this one when my, one of my friends remarked that you got to win this game if matisse hits two threes and i think that's probably on the on the list of the 15 biggest reasons why this game is an absolute atrocity to lose i'll, I'll do that list probably uh, coming up next monday for uh, if not pickle conveys two second rounders we can get, get excited for that so uh, why don't oh go ahead i'm sorry uh, are we about to do questions? Because I, I wanted to do yeah. the mic, the, like the honorary mic, uh, like a couple of random things if, if, if you're okay with oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right. honorary. Uh, he usually does it right at the end when I'm ready to go to bed. So do it now. And that okay. way, when we're done, we're done. Uh, Seth Curry's gotten very good at getting other players to push him over. Like, if you notice this, he's like really good at kind of stopping short. Uh, like when, when in transition, the other guy just kind of runs into him and gets an easy two free throws that way when they're in the bonus. Like that. that. Is, I want to see more of that. That is a mic... Uh, that's a, yeah. that's a mic thing uh, to notice. Yeah. Did, did you notice this, this is, this is like one of the, this is like, like the NBA equivalent of the hidden ball trick to me, where it's like, why don't teams try this more often where Trey young, I think late in the first quarter kind of like slowed down and motioned to the sidelines as if he was going to call a timeout and then dove back into the lane, like to, to, to maybe try to score an easy layup out of it. Did you see that? I did not see that. I, I love it. What well, teams should do that once out of every five games. I mean, it, it, it's such an easy way to get to get free money if the other team's napping. I mean, the Sixers, luckily, I think somebody was in front of them. So he's like, all right, fine. He just kind of went back to the sideline to call the timeout. But love that. Uh, we we want to see that more on the Sixers, too. Uh, a couple TNT broadcast things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so one, this, this thing drives me fucking nuts every single time I see it. Uh, they only show the bonus graphic after the team gets the foul that puts them in the bonus. So team's got four fouls. Oh, you uh, don't know that they're going to be in the bonus. Yeah, you don't know that when Trey Young yeah. gets fouled, he's going to shoot free throws until he's already walking to the line, and then they put up the bonus sign. What's the point of that? Like that—that's that, that's so stupid. That like the only reason that that's there in the first place is to let the people at home know when it's time to be shooting free throws. I, I don't get that at all. So, is, this, is this like your TNT broadcast <laughs> yeah. version of your Seinfeld yeah, exactly, impression yeah. or something? Put, Why put don't the, they let you know when you're going to be on the bonus? When you, when you put the when you put this on the podcast, try to like layer the baseline underneath me so it sounds like a stand up at the beginning of the show. Last thing, uh, did you did you hear this was this was a subtle one, but did you hear at the beginning of the fourth quarter during the Stephanie Reddy interview, she uh, alluded to both uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons getting big ovations when they came out of the game? Yes, I did hear her say that. 
innovation they were cheering because tyrese maxi was coming in the game it, uh, it, it's, it's the same right. thing as like like nobody ever knows the three things that you have to know about the sixers and their fan base and then that's thing three is that uh, tyrese maxi gets a big bump whenever he comes into the game is the other one's trusted process in the frosties yeah yeah mike's yeah. covered those extensively but that's yeah. that's three, three that's thing three all right let's bring on producer cj to take some questions if you want leave them in the uh the chat for youtube and twitch and twitter our questions on the internet are brought to us by kinetic skateboarding who is the sponsor been the lifetime sponsor of andrew underberger we both have tons of kinetic gear uh, i'm wearing i'm wearing the shorts right now by the way stand They're up fantastic. stand yeah. up so everyone can see nice oh yeah. the black ones okay, i haven't right. picked them up yet I think I fucked up the drawstring a little bit, but aside from that, they've been uh, they've been fantastic. And uh, yeah. as I predicted, I've spent the great majority of the last I don't know, month in them. I would say uh, get nine point one percent off your first order at Kinetic Skateboarding with promo code Dave Silver. What do we got, CJ? Yeah, so a lot of the chat is discussing Ben Simmons' uh, <laughs> trade ideas, and no, I'm not uh, earlier, doing that yet. You, I mean, go ahead. Go? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Randy, uh, random angry man asked <laughs> hypothetically when the series is over, if you had to choose between trading Ben or trading Ben, which one would you choose? Side note, trade Toby. Wow. Well, Wait. here's two things. First of all, it should be random angry man 69. Second of all, do any of us think CJ would have picked angry man if Mike was on the pod? I don't think so. I don't think there's any way you would have picked a username with that name if Mike was on the pod. I think you guys are putting too much thought into me <laughs> analyzing these usernames to read them. I'm just looking for question marks and okay, that's, All that's right. about it. So the, the question was trade Ben or trade or trade Toby. It was it was trade rhetorical ben trade Ben or trade Ben, ben. but uh, I guess if no, uh, I guess got to trade Ben. That case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess um, that's the answer. Yeah. Here's a good username. We got a QXK three seven three five one zero two five. Catchy. Worse Doc Rivers choke Hawks Sixers or Clippers Ooh. Nuggets. Brett Brown could have done this. <laughs> it's, it's not a great resume for Doc. The last two second rounds. Let me tell you. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think he's burying that on the CV. You know, he's putting. Uh, you know, the Celtics championship coach of the year two thousand, and then like. 10 pages down in the last couple playoff runs if they lose this series this is a worse one because what i would say about that clippers team is there was obviously something rotten on the inside there was the fucking we could do a, a there should be a 30 for 30 on the fact that doc was coaching the guy that slept with seth curry's wife before <laughs> like there, there's 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 no possible yeah. way that team ends up in the finals and the other thing is that denver team that they lost to is way better than this hawks team way better way 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 better so i would say this one is this, this is all true uh my one caveat to that would be or my one counter to that i guess would be that clippers did legitimately enter the season with championship aspirations like it, it was kind of championship or bust for them. And like it actually was from the start, the Sixers team. I mean, we can pretend like they were, we can pretend like it was that way all season. Definitely. They are now. They are now. Eh, but most of the fan base doesn't even believe that. I mean, I, th I think we all, I don't agree happy. with you. Really? I don't agree with you. I don't agree. I don't believe it, but I, 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 you I read more I, the comments than I do. So I'll take your word for it. But yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that the expectations for these two teams are very different. So, but you're right that, the this was a much this was a layup for the Sixers mm -hmm. for the most part, especially with Embiid playing the way he is. So, CJ, what do we got? 
I got a uh, two questions coming up. One non basketball, one basketball. Starting off with yeah. the the non basketball. Ryan wants to know trying to find a new hobby other than watching this team. Any suggestions? I'm thinking about getting really into riding roller coasters. That sounds like a terrible hobby. I mean, it's expensive as shit. You have to wait yeah. in lines all the time. It's weather dependent. Uh, to, no, you want you want hobbies to be like reliable. You want hobbies to be something you can kind of roll out of bed and and do for five hours if you need to. Uh, I recommend, uh, I guess, the, the the thing that I got really into over the pandemic was uh, YouTube cooking videos. I, mm. I'm I'm only like minorly versed in the in the kitchen. My girlfriend's a lot better, uh, and we just love watching like recipes for two hours at a time. And uh, you know, you find a good rotation of like fifteen to twenty chefs. You watch, you learn things about cooking. You learn things about food. Uh, it's very calming. It's very engaging. It's it, it's you know makes you want to eat if you have you have a you know good takeout places nearby or, you know, got, got some skills you want to exercise the kitchen yourself. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the hobby that I would, I'd recommend getting into. It's very reliable. That makes me wish. So during COVID, I, you know, I've mentioned this on the pod, but during COVID I was at work, so I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't, I think I, not, not that you weren't working, but I, I literally went to work and my wife as well, who works for a, an animal shelter went to work. So I didn't have that. I, I, have felt really fulfilled. I haven't been able to do it the last month or so because my life has gotten unfortunately a little crazy. But a few years ago, I was playing NBA 2K and I was like, I should learn how to play guitar. And I stopped playing NBA 2K and started taking guitar lessons. And I think it, I personally need to take lessons because I need someone checking on me. I like I need I need to report to someone. So I really enjoyed learning to play an instrument. I love. What's, what's the most recent song you learned? Well, I haven't uh, like I haven't played in six weeks. What was the song we were learning when I stopped? Uh, Little Dove by Faster Pussycat. Oh, I mean, I like Faster Pussycat. I don't know that song. It's a great tune. Yeah, right. it's a great tune. You'd be proud of me. I, I was uh, defending Wingers headed for a heartbreak in a discussion about the, the best power ballads of the 80s earlier today. It's a great song. Did you know? And then we'll get to the basketball question. <laughs> That's what people really want to hear is about the, the, the Winger deep cut discussion. Well, when we were doing Carl Landry Record Club, the music podcast from Rice to Ricky Sanchez with me and Mootlu, Mootlu had never heard of Winger. And, right. then, and then he didn't know about the song 17. And and I read him lyrics from about the song 17 lyrics and he couldn't conceive that it was a real song so about a different time. Yeah. A way different time. So what do you got <laughs> CJ? What's the basketball? Why begin wants to know what accounts for the defensive struggles in the fourth momentum transition baskets or other. Hmm. Uh, at, at first it was just good shot making and, and maybe bad defensive strategy to leave Seth on an Island so many times uh, beyond that. Yeah. M- m- momentum, uh, Sixers not getting back out of a couple easy ones, but I think also just, you know, they, they said this on the broadcast a million times when you're, when you're, you're not taking the ball out of the basket, it's, it's a lot easier to score. Like uh, and the, the Sixers were so, so inept on offense for such a long period of that fourth quarter that the Hawks were able to kind of get into a groove and look, they got shooters, they got playmakers and they clearly don't get rattled the way that, that our team does. So well, and it's, it's just the, the way that the NBA is built right now. If you have, you know, like, pick and roll with players spread out all over the court who can shoot the way that the NBA is called right now. Like you, you can't defend it for that long. Like they, it, it's a, the fact that they can play those two guys together and, and, and have it be, have it work sometimes really just shows you that perimeter defense in general is just like 
it's good, but it, it doesn't it doesn't provide the same value. You can't a great perimeter defender can only stop a great offensive perimeter player for so long. Yeah. And they, they just had too many guys to guard. You know, Gallinari is a he's like a third of the speed that he used to be, but he's, he's a, impressively annoying. I don't know how he's still this annoying at this stage in his career. He looked cooked earlier in the season. Yeah, I was I was I you know the numbers don't back it up, but I always remember him killing Iggy. He didn't. Mm. I, I've gone back and looked at the numbers, <laughs> but I always remember he did when he was with the Knicks. Why don't we take one more and then there's enough of this fucking podcast. Yeah, kind of related. Chase wants to know, would you have left Seth on Lou Will and kept Ben on Trey in the fourth quarter? Wait, did, did that is that not what happened? I don't I don't even I don't remember when the no, assignment got I guess I interpreted it as would you have changed the assignments in the fourth quarter? I I would have I don't know. I, I think when they made the George Hill trade, one of and that this obviously hurts without Danny, right? Like there's no Danny and we haven't mentioned it, but it's a thing. You know, Danny Danny Green can play with every player on the team. He led the league in corner threes. He's a good defensive player. He got roasted by Trey Young, but who doesn't get roasted by Trey Young? You know, like it, that that was a that was Doc Rivers' problem, not Danny Green's problem. But when they traded for George Hill, one of the things that that Daryl said was we can have five guys on the floor that can all defend at the same time when we have now, you know, like we, we are not going to have a weak defensive lineup. Seth Curry, for as good as he's been on offense, has gotten roasted by every single player who he has been on the entire series. Herder roasted him. Bogdanovich roasted him. Everybody wrote, he obviously can't guard Trey Young. He can't guard Lou Williams. He's his defense, I think has been exposed. And I think, you know, maybe maybe he's the guy that you put out of lineup. But then you get to the point where you can't score points if you don't have Seth Curry in there. You know, how are you going to score points? They have nobody else who can score from the perimeter. So I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, there might not have been a better solution. I think the solution maybe is you, you put him out there and you hope to try his best. And Lou, again, Lou Williams should not be the guy that wins the series for the Hawks. Like he shouldn't be the guy that you have to kind of change your defensive strategy to counter. It mm-hmm. should have been, okay, Seth does his best. He makes a bunch, then he misses a couple, then he makes one. It, 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 should, have, it should have evened out in time, but it just didn't. And by the time they did switch it up or the, the lineups changed, it was too late. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even really know how you answer this question. All right. CJ, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who uh, – thank you if you're just listening to the pod. I appreciate you listening. Thank you, everyone who's donated for Quoted by Kids at Providence Animal Center. I thought we were going to have this long run of games. We could, like, raise all this money. I'm, I'm a little worried that the total is going to be a little less than I, I thought it was. Can, can I tell you the good thing there? Like, th- this this beard that I have going on now, which still has, like, little circles on both sides, this is it not looks cosmetic. Good, you think? Yeah, I, I very I strongly it. disagree. Thank you. Uh, but I, I very strongly disagree. And uh, it, it, when they lose, I get to shave it. So that, that there's, there's that at least, uh, but you have uh, a playoff beard, like a hockey yeah. player. Oh. Yeah. So uh, during last, last year, during the pandemic, like I, I never thought I was capable of growing a beard, but it turned out if I kind of just push through this awkward stage, eventually it does mm-hmm. become like a real beard. So I, I'm trying it again. And, uh, as soon as this, but it, it, this is not the good part of it. So as soon as the, the Sixers lose, I will be very relieved to be done with it. The, the problem I always have with growing a real beard is that my facial hair is not dark. Mm. So I end up looking like, I don't know. 
Kenny Rogers. <laughs> no, no, no. There's like a guy. Was it the Hills that there was a guy on? It's sort of like blonde. And now that uh, okay. I'm, now that there's like there's little specks of gray All now. Right, but yeah, it's so. mostly like blonde and light brown. It just doesn't look cool. So, yeah. um, well, we'll at least have one more playoff podcast on. Boy, that's good. What a great way to spend a Friday night. I, just, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the, the Sixers lose the fucking Hawks in six games in the second round and then talk to Mike for a whole hour after. Uh, be nice to Mike. He, 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 he's, he's a long-suffering uh, Sixers fan member of this podcast. I love him. I love him. Um, all right. We will talk to you Friday night. Thank you, AU, for stepping in. I appreciate right. it. Buddy. Can I do my sign-off thing? Oh yeah, well uh, right. yeah. So that's that's it for you, Au. All right. Uh, imagining enjoying a sport in Philadelphia. Get off my gold. <laughs> that's how we're gonna end it. See ya. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck, you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.